I'm Kathy Allen. I'm Jasmine. Hi, I'm Ellen. And we have High, High Expectations. Maybe we should barbershop it. We just watch Sex Box. We just watch Sex Box. Sex Box. Box. Sex Box. Sex Box. Box. Uh, what's the name of the podcast? Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shut up. Hi, <laughs> expectations. I'm, I'm, it's like that episode of um, Love We Just Watched and she sang everything. It was so much fun. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> we do like Did I tell you the story about when I went to the Big Sing? No. I had this thing on called the Big Sing and it was kind of a big deal. It was in Town Hall and my cousin was in... Oh, what are those group? You were in one. It's yeah. like a choir group. It starts with a K. Yeah, it's like a special choir. C H O R A L E. It's um choral. It's like a just fancy way of saying choir. And so she was in a choral, and then um so she did her song. I can't even remember it. Sorry, Ruth. And um, <laughs> and then yeah. So then the Wellington Girls choir came up. And then they were like doing this song, Native American song or something. I think I was ten. Oh, I just want to like, say that. That's right. You've heard this already. Yeah. And then they were just like whacking a <laughs> drum, and, ev- and in between the whacks, they'd go, bum, <laughs> bum. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm fine. Totally straight face. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm not gonna cause a scene in this, you know, big venue. And then my cousin turns to me and she's like, sounds like bum. That's <laughs> like gone. <laughs> I could not stop giggling. And this happened to me more than once. One time it happened to me during prize giving, like somebody said something really stupid. And then one of my friends turned to me and they were like, lol, that was hilarious. And then I couldn't stop laughing. And they got really annoyed at me and they moved me away from everyone else. Oh. Have you guys ever had a fish of laughter? You just can't stop? Yeah. It always happens to me oh, yeah. at venues. <laughs> like really embarrassing times. I get it during plays when I'm watching something in the audience. Yeah? Yeah. And um, I just, I have the loudest laugh for some reason. I don't know where it and comes you li- from. Can you like literally not stop the laugh even if you wanted yeah. to? Yeah. Yeah. I get that in crowded <laughs> areas. It, there must be some sort of like physiological reason why. Maybe we like get really nervous Maybe. when we're surrounded by people and we're like oh we can't cause the scene and then the body has like short circuits and then it just makes you laugh anyway just wanted to show you that story about bums that's <laughs> right jason's recorded it as well so and i was so sure <laughs> well perhaps i was a little bit aware that it was recording so i show it on netflix so they don't like which is a kind of mainstream show these days orange is the new black yeah i I've tried to watch the show. I've watched maybe eight episodes. It gives me quite bad anxiety when I'm watching it. Eight is a good effort as well. Yeah, like one of them, I was actually feeling physically ill for the whole most of the episode, and I was just like, I cannot deal with this show. But everyone loves the show. Was that the episode where they're trying to figure out who stole the tool? I remember maybe that caused a lot of trouble. Was it the same the same episode where someone was about to be released from prison as well? Like I'm those not ones, sure. episodes where someone's going to get released from prison makes me so anxious because I want them to get out of prison. Because the prison is really right? awful, and you just, you just know that if they're a known character and they're going to be released from prison, there's a good chance someone's going to sh- get shanked at the end and they'll have to stay in prison or get kind of provoked into a fight. And I just was really unrelaxed the whole time. And yeah, the, the screwdriver thing, and I just can't deal. Your screwdriver thing—that was a really intense episode. So why did you love this 
Lord of the Rings. Okay, well, I think in general, why people like the series. Can I talk about why people like it? Yeah, why? And why? And why I think it doesn't appeal to people of your disposition. Yeah. Um, I think most people like crime dramas. They really like crime dramas. So Sopranos being a big one. Um, True Detective, first series, not second series. Breaking Bad, huge and incredibly hard to watch. Um, and then Orange is the New Black, obviously to a lesser extent than these other shows, is there's not as violent, but still violence definitely plays its part. It's more politics than Orange is the New Black, which is what I like about it. But yeah. I think in general, the reason why these shows are really popular is because it's how the other half lives. Criminals, you know, people can just come home from their jobs and their ordinary lives and then indulge in, safely indulge in somebody else's, you know, bad lifestyle and, okay. then, and then get the excitement from that, but not actually have to do it themselves, obviously, because that would be way too stressful. <laughs> Um, and so I think that's why people really like, one of the reasons why people really like crime dramas. And crime dramas often come along with a lot of politics. And politically rife things are incredibly interesting. Like, have you been following the US election? Not intently, but I'm aware of what's going on. It's fascinating. It's really fascinating at the moment because politics are just so interesting to people en masse because that's, you know, so many different things can happen. So many things are at stake. And so I think that's why people like Orange is the New Black a lot. Like you were saying about, for you, it's anxiety-inducing to watch somebody who desperately wants to get out of prison who can't. But for a lot of people, it would be, the stakes are really high. And that keeps you interested. But I think for people who have a certain disposition who are perhaps quite sensitive to violence and people having unfortunate bad circumstances happen in their life, who empaths, you might want to call them, people who feel for other people, those shows are actually really hard to watch. What's really sucky about that is that they're the most popular shows. They get the most airtime. You know, shows like this are the most common shows, and they're the shows everyone talks about. Game of Thrones, for example. I'm not a big fan. Neither. But people... I mean, I've had some of rape scenes in it. I don't want to watch something that just casually throws around rape scenes. Yeah, and that's... I, from what I understand, those scenes are really quite polarising with the... With the watching public they would be they but love people whatever, love... whatever violence and things going on but if someone gets raped that crosses the line rape is better said than shown rape is an important thing we should talk about but i don't think it needs to be shown there's a lot of survivors who might be watching a tv show and i think it's just unnecessary and triggering so yeah. i don't approve of a tv show that like constantly brings up scenes of rape. And actually a lot of the scenes of rape in the TV show weren't even mentioned in the original text. It's just unnecessary. So that being said, I can understand why for somebody, well, I can't watch horror, for example, because they have a great visual memory. I think Kathy's right. the same. Or just having a sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy's the same. Like we can't watch horror films because we can overplay the images we see over and over again in okay. our mind. Yeah, so I can get why shows like this would be really hard for somebody who's quite sensitive. And there should be more shows that are just, like, nice. Yeah, I like a nice, brightly lit, happy shows where nothing too bad ever really happens. I'm quite kind of kind of vanilla like that, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Naive. <laughs> no, I think I that know, you like what you like, and that's cool. That's why I really love those episodes <clears throat> of Master of None, that it was just a nice, happy, long, overnight date, and... It's just nice. Yeah. Master of None is kind of just nice. I really liked um, God Help the Girl movie. It was mostly just nice, sunny, happy, easy plot. Well, I very often sit down when we're going to have a movie night and I'm like, I want to watch something light. I want to watch something fun. I say that a lot. Yeah. That's actually one of the reasons why I like musicals. I know it's a big difference between (laughs) us, but musicals, um, 
are very happy and bright. And everyone has to be happy and bright. It's true. Oh, I was listening to a really... I think I said to you, you should listen to what we talk about when we talk about... And there was an... Um, there was a, a girl called Abby House who talked about her love of musical theatre. But there was such an interesting point because she fell in love with musical theatre when she was young and she likes it for all the reasons I love it. It's yeah. it's very happy, bright, you know, the song, this music, it's all exciting. Um, but then she said when she actually started starring in musical theatre, it ruined it for her. Okay. And she had to take her distance from it because she realised it was just incredibly rehearsed and those smiles that were on people's faces were fixed. She was told that she needed to smile more or she needed to smile less you know like yeah. all of all of that happiness is actually just a facade and then when she realized that it ruined musicals for her which is really interesting but yeah so like we were saying things that need to be happy and bright and all of those kind of things are kind of put on uh, marginalized i think and in preference of dramas these big dramas that go on for a long time episodes yeah. can be an hour long so i can understand why but i like orange is a new black because it's um, again, very diverse. Um, it's, it represents queer relationships, and there's a big political element. And it, yeah, it's a base. It's a women's prison, so it's mostly based around women. Yeah. And story, and it goes through their stories, it tells their life stories. Those types of things are really interesting to me and to other women. And I think that's why Orange Is the New Black does well. And the way that they play with certain themes and play with certain stories is very interesting. You know, things come back, everything's kind of useful in the overall intricate way that the story or the series is made up. The series kind of starts with one concept that's developed and then comes with this big boom at the end. So you have to pay really close attention. And it's, yeah, okay, it's entertaining. I also understand that the, the main character is like the least liked character. Oh yeah, Piper becomes less and less likely, but the less and less uh, likeable as the series goes on what keeps people coming back is that there's a lot of emphasis on well sub characters aren't even sub characters a whole episode might be dedicated to one character or two characters and and they might not be the main character which is piper but yeah no piper's just annoying i think it's because she's really privileged people don't particularly like privileged people the most like characters on orange is the new black are a lot more real and come from difficult backgrounds like um yeah, some of them, when they get released from prison, don't have anywhere to go. And yeah. that's very real. And no one's interested in privileged people. Even though a lot of people watching these TV shows are quite privileged. Like, you don't really sympathise for a privileged person complaining about being in jail. You sympathise with a person who is there because they had no other choice. And a lot of people have to turn to crime because they're desperate. Whereas Piper mm. was a criminal just because she got caught up in some love affair. That's not that's right. particularly sympathetic, is it? No. <laughs> the crime is the most interesting thing she's done in her entire life. There's also just yeah, I've, from what I from the little that I know about Orange Is the New Black, that sounds very accurate. I mean, before she got put into jail, she was running like some soap thing. She was gonna like do a soap business, and she was gonna get married to one of the worst men of all time, Jason Biggs. Sorry, I should say one of the worst men of all time. He is awful in Orange Is the New Black. Oh. He, he does seem severely miscast. <laughs> Well, it's hard because I want to root for Jason Biggs because he got so typecast after American Pie that I want him to have yeah. more work so he can get out of that. Because you feel for people, you know? But at the same time, I don't want to watch him. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets this role in like this big new Netflix show. And then one of the early episodes is all about her masturbating. Yeah. And it's like, great. <laughs> Another thing where Jason Biggs has to get himself off. <laughs> Well, they know that he can do that. <laughs> he can play that role well. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. He is typecast. Mm-hmm. 
Have you had anything else you want to say about Orange is the New Black? I will be watching the next season. A lot. I think a lot of people checked out during the last season, so. Yeah, I'm, I will probably never finish season one. Fair enough. I'm done, I think. That's cool. Like, you gave it a good effort. It's like, put that, put down that book. If yeah. you don't like a book you're reading, just get rid of it. Ah, oh, another show we're watching that is not light at all, by contrast, and not short, is the very long, very dark, The 100, which follows post-apocalyptic world. Everyone lives in like this floating spaceship outside the Earth because there's been nuclear warfare on the Earth and it's not safe to live on it, until they send down 100 young prisoners to see if the Earth is habitable. So they're essentially sending them down to their deaths, potentially. But they don't die, and they discover there's a lot of interesting things going down on the, you know, going down on the old Earth. And then it just, like, follows them. And again, it's incredibly dark. The stakes are high, very violent. Everyone dies. There's, like, you don't get through an episode without someone dying. Except for the main characters, which is beginning <laughs> to annoy me. So like, how do they keep avoiding death? This is one character who's avoided death, like, three or four times, I swear. <laughs> I'm sure they'll get them eventually. But <laughs> well, they're going to start running out of other sub-characters to kill off. <laughs> so if, that, if that happens all the time, you know, at most, 100 episodes. 100 episodes. <laughs> yeah, I was actually thinking there should be a countdown on how many people. They've added one. One person has been added to the lineup. Oh, that's so 101 that's formations. Like, when the cast gets too small, they'll stumble on this like little village of people that didn't know existed. And then... So like the young people are on Earth, and all of the like older people, the rest of their society are still up on the ship. But then they're gonna send some people down, and of course it smashes okay. and they will die because like you don't want old people. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in the show, if you. The reason why it's interesting is because they're all young criminals and they all go a bit right. crazy with it. So if you bring in, like, older authoritarian parent characters, it will dilute the interest there. So I don't think they want to send down any of the parents. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But they haven't so far. It sounds intense. It's very intense. But um, there's a lot of queer stuff in it. And so we okay. keep watching it because we're like, we want to see the queer stuff. Because it exists in a world that um, the same prejudices have kind of disappeared. That They just, you know, didn't retain that in their culture okay yeah so that's interesting and then they've actually found that there are people who live down there called the grounders so there's kind of a fight between the indigenous and the settlers so you know got that interesting kind of colonial warfare thing going on yeah the grounders they call them the grounders (laughs) and they're really cool looking and all the animals have like two faces because you know nuclear waste of course But everything looks really cool. Anyway, it appeals, it appeals to me. I think when we were just talking before about like things we like, and you're like, maybe I'm naive, and I'm like, no, you like what you like. I was thinking about like, I have this thing for dystopian fiction, dystopian anything, post-apocalyptic. I love it. I just even the cheesiest stuff like Divergent or Hunger Games. I just, I don't just read and watch that kind of thing. But I just lap that up. I love it. The idea that people in these extreme circumstances and what the world looks like in the future and this horrible bleak future, it's fascinating to me. Yeah, and that's where we're totally different. I dislike dystopian futures. I dislike post-apocalyptic movies. Like last night I was having dinner and there was a guy across from me who was really recommended I watch Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> that one sounds really exciting. And he was like, I was like, is it like a post-apocalyptic thing? I don't like that kind of movie. And he's yeah, it is, but it's really well shot. It's really good, like, feminine characters. And he kind of made it slightly appealing. But at the same time, I don't know if I can deal with that kind of movie. Fair enough. Yeah. 
I've heard Mad Max is really good. It's also an action film. I don't really like action films, so I don't find that particularly interesting. If if um, I like films where there's not too much shooting. <laughs> the only action films Warfare. I really like are revenge films. Okay, like V for Vendetta. I love V for Vendetta. Vendetta. There's a Liam Neeson movie, Taken. V for Vendetta, also another dystopian, yeah. by the way. Oh, I've never seen Taken. Is Taken it good? is excellent because it appeals to my sense of getting revenge. Like, the plot of the movie is that the guy's daughter gets kidnapped in Paris and he's this, like, hardcore CIA agent guy and he talks to the kidnappers on the phone and says I'm going to come find you and I'm going to kill you yeah. and they're like good luck and he uses all his techniques to hunt them down and rescue his daughter Wow, yeah. so I love that kind of thing because it's like the dad coming to like save her and also, get revenge it's great a very old theme revenge like the Merchant of Venice the Shakespeare play you heard about that one it's basically all centered around a court case with um, I think he's called Sherlock and he says he agreed that if he couldn't pay his debts, he'd pay it in pounds of flesh. And it's, it's really gross, but it's all based around that idea of like getting revenge or getting back what you feel like you deserve. So yeah, very old theme, and I think it's something that always appeals to us. Um, yeah, and I think that the My Dystopia thing plays into that. Because, um, you know, stories are kind of all the same in a way, but they take different forms. So the original story of the dystopian thing is The New World being lost and, and finding new place or the survival story yeah um, like the tempest for example another shakespeare play and and some every story has already been done by shakespeare so don't even try no <laughs> I, I used a dishwasher for the first time like four weeks ago i'm 25 <laughs> really yeah wow yeah we never had one when i was growing up and then in one of my first flats we had a dishwasher but my flatmate lied to us and said that it didn't work because she didn't want to like pay extra power i guess <gasps> so it worked it worked. i oh, thought she said awful. that it worked but it didn't work but that is even more criminal you could have been no. using a dishwasher the whole time I know. and so oh, i'd moved into my new flat like just over a month ago and we were moving in and I was like, oh my god, there's a dishwasher. Am I going to use the dishwasher? Like, this was a conscious thought that I was having about <laughs> dishwashers. So I've, you know, I've been in the flat for a few days and I was like, can you show me how to use the dishwasher, please? And so my flatmate showed me how to use the dishwasher. Just put the powder in the thing. To be fair, I say I use the dishwasher, I press the start button. My flatmate put in the powder and like closed the thing and close the dishwasher and then I press the power button. When I say I use the dishwasher, that's as far as I've gone. I've not used it since. It's oh, been four okay. weeks. So, oh, so you just keep doing your dishes by hand? Yep. You don't want to pay the extra power or you just don't? I am worried I will break it. No, you won't. Oh just trust what yourself. It, Ellen? Oh, it will change your life. I Washing know. dishes by hand. I know, honestly. Real when, headache. When the dishes came out of that dishwasher cycle, they were so shiny. I know, right? Yeah, and you like, can never get your cups that shiny. You can't. You, and then you have to, like, dry them with a tea towel, and you get little fibres, and it's never yeah. as clean. I think I'm also still in the habit of, like, yeah. rinsing and also still scrubbing things before I even put them in the dishwasher, because I don't understand. I'm like, how dirty... Off the bulky stuff yeah, there. but yeah. how dirty can they be before they go in the dishwasher? What no about rice. Baking? Don't put rice in the dishwasher because that will break it. Well, it won't break it, but it will make it ineff- like, inefficient. I mean, it clogs your sink. So I guess yeah, that no, that's a, a good idea to rinse things. But. I mean, I so rinse them, the but bowl. then 
it doesn't break the bowl, but like it will make your dishwasher less effective because it will get clogged in the. Oh, right. <laughs> but like, so if you so you water. can wash off the bulk of it, but what if something's baked? Like you've baked something and there's stuff on it. Can you because I you rinse it and yeah, just put it in? Yeah, you should. Yeah, because it's probably not going to come off on the dishwasher. Wait, so you should hand wash if it's that? baked on. Mm. Yeah, yeah. If if sometimes if there's something like baked on, I'm probably make this really boring. But if something's baked on, yeah, you should just give it a scrub, and then if it comes off the scrubber. Then it's fine to go in the dishwasher. But if okay. you put it in the dishwasher, it just might not come off. But you then can just I've, experiment with that. But then if I've scrubbed it, why does it need to go in the dishwasher? Oh. Do yeah, you see my see, dilemma? My, yeah, no, we well, have you, problems. You're going to put everything in the dishwasher. Okay. The dishwasher is to take away the time constraint of washing things in bulk, like okay. or the cutlery, or the plates, okay. or the cups. Okay, you make a good point. So you just do the main things, and anything special you can hand wash, that's fine. Okay. Okay, I accept Yeah, that. so if you scrub something and you put the dishwashing liquid on it, good point. No need to put the dishwasher. Okay. It's washed. I accept that. <laughs> Maybe I'm not having to use a dishwasher. I don't know what an emery board was because I'm rubbish at feminine things. You're not. <laughs> I've you. never had my... So is that like a nail manicure thing? It's like a little like... Yeah, like, uh, like a... No one scratchy. does that. I don't even know what that is. Okay, no one, no one does that anymore. No one files their nails anymore. Jolly Do does. you file their nails? Sometimes if they've got a chip in them. Okay, you're an exception. Do you file your nails? No. Yeah. No, I don't. Anyway. Okay, I'll smooth out a nail, but I won't, like, file it to a shape. I've talked to a lot of baby boomers who are like, why does no one file their nails anymore? Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Baby boomers are just always saying that to me. My mom's like, this is a nail file. Use it. And she's like, why? you're using it wrong. She just told me I was using it wrong so many times. So I go over it. it. You meant to kind of go on top of the nail rather than at the side? What? Yeah, but if you go on top, it's going to wear down the nail. Also, yeah, you're not supposed to go back it. and forth because it weakens the nail. You're supposed to go one way. Yeah. Oh. So well, I told you, I don't, I don't file the nail. That's <laughs> what Girlfriend Magazine taught me when <laughs> I was younger. Yeah, yeah, it's And then, like, most, if you brought out, like, most of those tools that you use, <laughs> like, women use, or that hair diffuser, <laughs> totally and eyelash them. curler, electric, yappy bullshit, <laughs> I would be like, are they, okay, so were these S&M toys? <laughs> <laughs> or are they feminine hygiene products? Holy shit. Don't you don't want to use the feminine eyelash hygiene. curler. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right thing. The reason some people might. Eh? But then, oh, you've got your skin in it when you're trying to use the eyelash curler. That hurts. Ow. There's some no. recommendations no, for the no, SM no, no, couples no, no, out no, there no. everywhere. Eyelash curlers. Incredibly painful. Do not use them on your nether regions. Yeah, I wonder if like, there are like couples out there that, like I don't know, tweeze each other's eyebrows during the foreplay. You must be. Yeah, there must be. <laughs> Well, there's couples that will, as part of foreplay, they're, like, squeezing back acne and stuff. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> no. No, 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 for sexual purposes. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that must be a thing, because oh, yeah. there's so many... Oh, yeah, people get off on squeezing no. pimples. Well, as we've There's so many before, online clips about it. Everything could be sex, right? Exactly. A sexual yeah. act. Yeah. So speaking of 10 out of 10, I was at dinner the other night and then this this person was talking about a meal they had. And I actually really recommend listening to people talk in detail about their elaborate meals because it's fascinating to me. Maybe it's, is that interesting to you? They're like, and then we had this and it was really nice. Like it can be interesting. If they're good at describing it, yeah. <laughs> and he was describing his meal and I was like, oh, actually that's really interesting. And then he said, 8 out of 10, I'd recommend that. It was Bangalore Polo Club, actually, that had a meal. He said, 8 out of 10, would recommend going there for the food, which is interesting. And, and yeah, what what was I going to say about it? I just thought it was really interesting that he was, like, 8 out of 10. And then he said, nah, 10 out of 10 would be, it's just not even possible. So, 
Do you agree? Like, 10 out of 10, it's perf- perfection isn't possible. Well, by definition, 10 out of 10 must be possible. Yeah. If you've got a rating scale, something must meet the top of that scale. Yeah, I get that. And totally, you can have 10 out of 10 food. Yeah. Do you reckon? Well, there's some food like, that you eat. I think the 10 out of 10 foods are the kind of foods you eat where you think, I wish I could eat this every day. <laughs> or I wish, I could, eat, wish I could eat this again later on today because it's so good. That's a 10 out of 10. He said that food can always be improved upon. I disagree. Okay, fair enough. I think that sometimes food is perfect the way it is. And that less is often more with food. Yeah. If you try and yeah. make it too fancy, it ruins everything. Do you ever think about that thing? Like, does it make you happy to know that you'll never be able to read all the books in the world? So throughout the rest of your life, you'll never run out of books? Or does it make you terrified? Is it like, I'm never going to be able to get to read them all? It doesn't make me happy. It doesn't make me terrified. I feel a little bit sorry for the books. Like, I kind of, I don't know, anthropomorphize the books. <laughs> and I think, is this book sad that no one takes it out of the library? Because I think when I go to a bookstore, I look at all these books, and I just kind of filter them out. I ignore them. I think, I'll never read you. I don't want to read you. But on the other end of that book, there's an author who wrote this book and is really excited about their book and would love me to read their book. Yeah. But I don't. Yeah. But there's so many people in the world that somebody must have at some point. Maybe. Well, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, like, books do have a really awful sales sometimes. Oh, so I'll talk about this. Um, <laughs> anyway, an interesting Sorry, thing the library did once was that they, I, I reckon they just took the books that people hardly ever check out and then they wrapped them up and they had like a book lucky dip and it was really awesome oh, but the cool. book really sucked if it, like what they should have done is they should have picked out good books and then done a lucky dip with them but I'm pretty, yeah. I got one and it was like a gossip girl no, not gossip girl level soap opera it was a pretty little liars level soap opera and it was like turns oh, no. out that it was my sister, it was my mother, no, it's my sister and my mother type ending. <laughs> also, like, ruining the ending to that movie with Jack Nicholson in it. What's it called? Chinatown? I've never watched it, but I've only ever had it spoiled. You know, like, the big reveal at the end of that movie? And that's where that, my, it's my sister, it's my mother. It's my sister and my mother. <laughs> I see it. The big reveal was... <laughs> Her mother and her sister. Is that right? I don't know. (laughs) Did that work? (laughs) Sister and her mother was the same person. Um. (laughs) Does that work? (laughs) No, it doesn't work. Wait. (laughs) Yes, it can work. (laughs) Okay, explain how it can work. (laughs) I'm so sorry. This episode's going to be all over the place. It can work, but in kind of a sad way. A man and a woman have a child. It's a daughter. Yeah. The daughter goes up somewhat. The dad has sex with the daughter. Yeah, all right. Gives birth to a boy who then grows up and finds out that his sister <laughs> No, wait, you is just need mother. to stop there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or well, it could be a girl. Because in, the, mo- be girl. in the movie, it's, it's a woman. Yeah. Okay. And, and the, the big reveal at the end of that film. I'm pretty sure it's called Chinatown, is that her sister and her mother are the same person. So she's a product of incest. Yeah. Anyway, 
I just th- that that was obviously at the time groundbreaking, but yeah. I think now that's like like top level soap opera like trashy twist, right? So that's totally. what my book was about. Anyway, and the other one that my friend got was Bruce Springsteen autobiography and or biography, which maybe would have been interesting. And um, the other one got other friend got a book about a woman who walked across Europe. And you know what, Jaslyn? I read all of my book. Neither of them read any of theirs. <laughs> a lucky dip fail. <laughs> it was a real lucky dip fail. Great concept. Terribly executed. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. If you have any comments or questions, please send them through to highexpectationspodcast at gmail.com. Check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, Pocket Casts, or wherever you enjoy podcasts. See our Facebook page for details at High Expectations Podcast or on Twitter at High X Podcast. Have a great week. Yeah, Twitter fiction. I thought maybe I could make it a thing, but I don't know. <laughs> you are well known in your field, a musician making good money for their work. Uh, you have been famous long enough to grow accustomed to the lifestyle. You buy $10 cream cheese bagels on the rig for breakfast and go out for every meal. One day you receive a letter that says every bit of your work is stolen from an unknown musician on SoundCloud. You put the letter under your bed and hope no one ever brings it up again. They never do. Conclusion. <laughs>